Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today I'm super excited because the person that I'm bringing to you, Cassie Parlato, she has gone through an incredible spiritual uh, journey like the rest of us. And she's here to share her experience in a way that I'm sure is going to inspire you. But before I bring her on, I want to remind you what Align with Lina is all about. I started my spiritual journey in 2007 when things absolutely completely shifted for me. Actually, let me let me correct that. It started in 2002, but in 2007, I had a profound shift that helped me realize that things were just absolutely not quite what they seemed. And it began a journey for me to align with my truth, with my higher self, my divine guidance, with God, with creator, spirit, you know, spirit, whatever you want to call it. But it was a time that I knew there was way more to life than what I, I had been taught that there was. And it, it just blew my mind wide open. And I entered into this quest of discovering, for me, really, what was God? What was the truth about religion? What was the truth about spirituality? So I bring these conversations to you because so many of us are in the midst of a spiritual awakening. And by having people share their experiences, we hope to give you a nugget. We hope to give you something that inspires you to whether it's a book or a teaching or anything that might assist you in your journey. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome Cassie. I am so grateful to have you here because um, we're going to inspire somebody today. I absolutely know that to be my truth. So let's go ahead and get started with the question that I ask everybody. When did you begin to realize that there was more to life than you have been taught and you could consider that maybe a defining moment where there is a before that moment and then there is an after that moment? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. My defining moment came when I was around 25 years old. This was in 2010. I had just become divorced. Uh, after a nine-year marriage. And yes, if you do the math there, I got married at the young age of 16. And I had three children ages six and under. Now I have a rich history with um, different uh, uh, religious path, if you will. And I had left that several years ago. And after getting a divorce and being on my own for a little bit, and being what I called separated from that part of my life, I still felt nudgings and longings. And occasionally I felt connection with God. And everything that I had been taught um, previously led me to believe that that would never happen. That if you were outside of church, that you were backslidden and you had no connection to God whatsoever. So imagine my surprise when I was still connecting to God even though I was separated from him in a way that I thought there could be no connection. Wow. That, that is, that's, that's a, oh my goodness. I love hearing that so early on you got that, that, that was not uh, your reality, that what you have been taught about God in your relationship to God was actually not what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, in many ways, that for me was part of my journey because actually when I started my process uh, in 2002, my mom had passed away and it was the activation of the fear that I would go to hell because I grew up Catholic. The fear that I would go to hell began to, to fill me with this intense terror 
that I was going to die and end up going to hell because I knew that's where my mom was going. My mom was my best friend and I knew all of her sins. I knew all of the things she had done wrong. Um, so I was petrified for her and that began a, an incredible fear for me. And in, in truth, if I had to sum my spiritual journey, it was a reconnection with God, a cleaning up my thoughts and ideas about God that realigned me with the truth of who I am. So you, you, that was what came up for you right away. How cool is that? So paint a picture. What was your life like before that? The first 25 years of your life? Uh, I would say that I was inclined to spiritual things at a very young age. One of my earliest memories was before I was five years old and my mom was a single mom at the time and we lived with my great grandparents and I would go to the Catholic church with my great grandmother and I just loved it. I always had a good time and I enjoyed the rituals and the ceremonies. And in a way, even that young, I felt like I was connected to God. My mom ended up getting uh, married and we moved away from my grandmother's house, still within driving distance so I could go occasionally, but not a regular thing. Uh, we were a military family and um, we lived in the base, um, off the base in San Diego. And there was a church that came around and knocked on the doors and invited families to come to church. I thought, oh, well, if my mom will let me go, this will be great because I really liked going to church with my grandma. So maybe I'll like going to church. So sure enough, my mom allowed me to go and she allowed all of us to go. And I was the actually only person that enjoyed it. And so I soon became the only person in my family that was going to church regularly. And I absolutely loved it. I got involved. I met people that I loved and respected. And I felt like I was growing my relationship with God. Now, at the same time all this was happening, so starting at the age of eight years old up until my teens, uh, there were several things, or I would say not even several, tons of little things that happened that indicated to me that maybe something was off, that maybe something wasn't quite right. Mm. Uh, but I suppressed them and I pushed them down and I quickly learned that in this particular um, sect of Christianity, not all are like this, of course, um, you were not allowed to ask questions. If you oh, asked wow. questions, you were considered, um, you, were, you were shamed, you were told that you didn't trust God enough. They, um, they encouraged me to distance myself from my family because my family, and I was still a child at this time, uh, because my family didn't believe the way that they did. And their views were pretty much, they were the only people going to heaven. They were the only born again Christians and everybody else, including my family and everybody I knew and loved were going to burn in hell forever. Oh, wow. Oh, how, how old were you? I started going when I was eight years old and, oh, wow. um, it, we ended up, I ended up getting married super young. I was 16 years old, started having children. And then my um, ex-husband now, he was training to be in the ministry, as we called it. And that is training to be a full-time pastor or a missionary. Now, that's the next part of the journey is that we, um, after we had moved a couple times and had many experiences, my um, my ex-husband, he read the Bible very diligently and he studied it and he loved it. And he soon started realizing that a lot of the things we were taught were not actually supported by the Bible. And so 
was very curious at the time about this. I'm like, oh, well, this doesn't add up. Well, so he starts talking about it and he quickly learned that you will be ridiculed. You will be um, told that you're outside of the will of God if you start questioning anything within these, you know, within this community. We ended up leaving the community. It was very rough. It was because we had almost separated ourselves entirely from our family and these were our only friends. They were almost like our family. We yeah. basically had to leave an entire life behind and start over completely. So in many ways, this group, um, and you said it's a part of Christianity or it's, mm -hmm. it's in, okay, uh, we're teaching you things about God and, and your relationship to God that are basically not true. Absolutely. And it sounds like they were instilling fear, like you said, shame, mm -hmm. oh, uh, guilt, and, and creating an environment that had you um, not, not question what they were teaching you. So I'm going to call that, you know, basically uh, brainwashing in a cult. Yes, Is absolutely. that okay? So t tell me a little bit about your young mind, because the, through the work that I do, helping people realign with the truth of who they are, return to a, an alignment with God. In order to do that, a lot of my work is to remind people that we were born with that alignment. Mm -hmm. So if you're an eight, nine year old girl, uh, child participating in this, what was going on inside of you? Because that is so much of what needs to be looked at when we are returning ourselves to alignment with God. It's not that we're learning something new. It's that we're remembering something true that has been there from the beginning. So what was your, your inner child or your little girl inside? What, what she's aligning with this new information, but you also had an, a love of God already that was established through your grandmother. So take me inside of you and explain that split. If, if you even felt it. Oh, I absolutely felt it. And that was the very strange dichotomy of this community that I was in was that they were teaching me these things about God and love. And, but instead of it agreeing with my spirit and who I was on the inside, there was this like angst and confusion, like this is what I'm told. And they were using external sources to tell me what was supposed to be true to myself. But me and myself, it didn't agree for some reason or another. It didn't make sense. And I had a lot of confusion. And in this particular group, one of the things that they are known to, to say is um, confusion is not of God. Confusion is of the devil. So basically, they're saying that the devil is trying to trick me to not believe these things, even though it's true. So it was a lot of mind games, a lot of redirecting. If something was wrong, it was your fault because your relationship with God was not right enough that where you could see that this was right. Wow. Yeah. So what what were your your what was your mom thinking when you would come home and share some of the things you were learning or even, or did you? I really didn't share with my mom. I or I say my mom, but my family in general, because I learned very quickly that what I was told and what was shown to me in the Bible was that you are to separate from the world, the, the non-believers. And it was very clear that my family were non-believers. And so 
I'm also a middle child and a peacemaker, that sort of thing. So instead of confronting it or speaking up, I didn't say anything. And I just kept it to myself. And I just slowly started distancing myself from my family um, over the years. Wow. So would you say that you were taught to fear God or were you taught to love God? I was taught both. Surprisingly, I was taught that God is love and God, had, you know, gave his life to save us. But at the same time, it was a very fear driven love. If you do this, this is going to happen. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. There were a lot of rules. Uh, beyond what was in the Bible, of course, there were girls had to wear skirts below their knees. There could be no splits. You couldn't have cable television, like all like, you know, miles long rules. And wow. You were constant fear of doing something you shouldn't do. Yeah, because if you're breaking the rules, not only are you letting the people down that you're with, but you're also getting letting God down. Now God has reason to be upset with you. What what was something that they taught you um, that God would do to you if you broke those rules? Uh, what would something God would do? Like say something drastically drastic happened to you financially. Maybe you got into a car accident and you have a $20,000 thing or you have to buy a new car and you don't have enough money. Well, is that because you weren't tithing? Is that because you weren't going to church regularly? So they would look to things that were happening in your life and say, well, what are you doing wrong that would lead you to believe that, or that would lead God to um, punish you? But at the same time, they didn't believe in prosperity gospel, which is to say that, you know, if you believe in all the good things, more like manifesting in the spiritual realm, that only good things would come to you. They focus more on the negative aspect of which kind of makes sense. It's the fear. It's the manipulation. Like if you don't do this, if you don't obey by our rules, then God is going to smite you. Yes. That. Wow. What a what a fascinating thing. So. So it's clear from the age of nine to about 25, you are being steeped inside of this fear of God, fear of the creator, fear of basically um, you even listening to your inner voice. Because like you said, you you knew that there was something inside of you that was that that was off. But you began to not believe that because your mind was being programmed to believe something else. So then you get to 25 mm -hmm. and now you you things begin to change for you drastically what t t walk us through those changes what were the things that happened because i i know you now and i know the the level of clarity that you have in your mind i know again as a coach of 12 plus years that is a major process that returns our mind back to the clarity that is necessary after it's been programmed with all that confusion so paint us a picture. Let, let's start kind of in the beginning. Uh, what, what was the first phase of that, that shift for you? Absolutely. So I would like to say that it was a glamorous uh, process and that a light shone down from heaven and all of a sudden I was happy and whole, but that's not what happened at all. It was extremely grueling, extremely confusion, confusing, excuse me, and what happened for the first approximately three years is I feel like I spun my wheels, to be honest. 
I, you know, I made that decision like, okay, I need to reconnect with God. I need to reconnect with my spirituality because I know something is here. I don't know what it is, but I know it's here. So as the good Christian girl that I thought I was, I said, okay, well, where do you go to find God? You go to church. In my mind, those things went hand in hand. They weren't separate from each other. And so I started a several year long thing where I first I went to a Catholic church because I wanted to stay as far away from where I came from um, in the super evangelical Christian church that I was a part of. And so I went to the Catholic church and I was like, okay, well, this is okay, but it still doesn't feel right. So I started going to other churches. I went to community churches. I went to more progressive churches. I went to another pretty traditional church. And finally, I landed in a church that's kind of more along the lines of a community Christian church, and things still weren't lining up for me. They, they weren't making sense, and I was, I would say, I don't know if upset is the right word, but I was, I felt like I was spinning my wheels, like, God, I'm doing yeah. things that I know to do, and it's not working, and it's not feeling right, and I don't know what to do. And I didn't know any other way of connecting to God than through church because that's the only way I had connected to God before. And um, strangely enough, um, well, maybe not strangely enough, but my breakthrough came about three years after this had begun. It was in 2013. I was a part of this community church. And, you know, going back to my upbringing, it's like, well, maybe you can't just go and be a pew warmer, as they call it. <laughs> you got to get involved and you got to start contributing. So I volunteered with the youth ministry and I actually ended up leading a girl to the Lord to use the terms of my former life. And if you don't understand what that means, it's basically the epitome of everything that you are working towards as an evangelical Christian is to be able to lead somebody to the Lord and have them ask Christ into their heart. This means that they will go to heaven and they won't go to hell. So this was like the best thing that could possibly happen. And I thought I would feel elated and I thought I would feel on top of the world. I had literally just saved this, helped save this girl's life. I was completely disgusted. I My insides hurt and my stomach was churning. And I was just like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't feel right. And I feel like I felt like I was doing something wrong and I didn't understand it. And I finally just like literally like cried out to God and said, I don't know what else you want me to do. I am doing everything that I know to do. I let a girl to the fucking Lord and I feel disgusting. So I don't know. Mm. A week or two later, I was also involved in something else because that's what you do to connect with God. I was involved in a spiritual growth class of some sort. And I don't even remember what it was about that particular week, but I was pretty deflated what had happened a week or two prior with leading the girl to the Lord and just feeling just so bad about it. And um, the guy that was leading the group said, Job, the book of Job in passing. It wasn't even what we were talking about. And it was like red blinding lights were like in front of me. You have to read Job. You have to read Job. You have to read Job today. And I thought, okay, I hadn't had one of those moments in a long time where <laughs> I knew what your next direction was. So I left church that day. I went and got a blanket and I um, 
took my Bible to the park in downtown Atlanta and I sat on the park. It was a sunny day and I read the book of Job all the way through in one sitting. And if you don't know the book of Job, it's this guy, Job, he is extremely blessed. And the devil comes to God and says, oh, well, the reason why he's such a great servant of God is because you have blessed him so much. If I, if you took away everything, he wouldn't be proclaiming how great you are. He would be saying how terrible you are. So the devil tempts Job and then God ends up allowing the devil to take everything away from him, his kids, his um, money, his, I believe it's his wife. I haven't said the book since then, everything. Um, and then it goes through the story of what happened. And then at the end, um, God ends up giving Job everything back and then some. Anywho, I saw it to say, because this was a really important part of my journey, was that I just cried like the entire time because it was God saying to me, yes, I took away your marriage. Yes, I took away your children. My kids went to their dads every weekend now. I took away all your money. I was living paycheck to paycheck as a single mom. Um, but this is part of your story. You need to figure it out. And don't worry. You're going you're gonna to be fine. And I'm going to bless you. And so after that day, it was like a weight lifted off of me. And mm -hmm. for the first time, like I quit church immediately. I said, this doesn't feel right. If it's if it's going to be a God, it's going to feel right in my spirit. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel right. So for me, the act of surrendering um, what I knew God to be was the first step to my faith, my newfound faith, my newfound spirituality exploding. I was putting God in that box that said, you can only find God through Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, and I was severely limiting myself. And when I took that away, it was like things started happening like left and right, left and right. The synchronicities. Somebody gave me the book, um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. So I learned about being in the moment and being present and connecting with who you are on the inside. Um, a month or two later, I was um, going on a plane somewhere. Don't remember where. And I walked to my seat and sitting in the seat that was assigned to me was the book, How to Know God by Deepak Chopra. And so I just kept following it. I became an avid self-help reader, if that's what you want to call it. And my, for the first time in my life, instead of looking outwardly as to like looking at the Bible or other people to tell me what spirituality would look like. I only used my internal self as a guide. Does this feel good to me? Does this feel right? Is this, um, is this going to help me grow and learn? Is this bringing me closer to the person I want to be, which is a loving and kind and genuine person? Oh my goodness. What, what beautiful, rich, lots of information. So roughly give me a, a timeline from 25 to you having that moment, um, going inside for your own guidance. How many years was that? That, that was about three, three years. Three? Yes. Um, oh, amazing. So as you were speaking, talking about all of these, these different places you were going to try and find God, it brought to me the, the, like the, do you remember reading to your children um, the doctor, I think it was Dr. Sue's book, mm -hmm. Are You My Mother? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm thinking, are you my God? Are you my God? Are you my God? 
yeah. going to this church. Are you my God going to this one? Are you my God? Um, that that is just so beautiful and so powerful that you you were listening to something within because this spiritual journey, the awakening that is happening is it's, it's a return to God. It's a return to realizing that God, there is no fear in God. There is only love in God. And it is that we've been taught to fear God that has actually caused us to be in misalignment, to go out of alignment with God. And it is the, the, the love of God that allows us to feel aligned. And for that alignment to happen, we got to clean up the beliefs that we've been taught that block not only the awareness of that alignment, but that that actively cause us to seek outside of ourselves because you cannot come inside to align with God when your mind is full of fear and you're in survival mode and everything is about, you know, uh, like you were saying, it was a journey of surrendering, but holding on to the job or holding on to the kids or holding up to the husband, holding on to the church, holding on to these things that we get trained to believe are the source of what God is supposed to give us that has us become codependent and stay in so many situations that are absolutely not healthy for us, not not supporting the alignment. And like for you, I had to lose marriages. I had to lose my money. I had to lose a career. I had to lose all of the things that I thought made me somebody, allowed me to be, do, and have all the things that would make me successful, um, all of those things got taken away. And it was a systematic process of, of the story of Job. And that's why I know it well, because it's like so many of us have to live that. He, the story of Job is a beautiful metaphor for the stripping away of the attachments that we have to the outer world mm -hmm. so that we can we are forced to come inside. Mm -hmm. We are forced to return to realize where God is because it's never going to be found outside of us. And this is what you are beginning to learn. And of course, these teachers, Deepak uh, Chopra and Eckhart Tolle, um, these are beings who came to those realizations and teach that connection. So take me from that because that puts you then roughly 28, 29 years old. Um, so from there forward, what has been what has been your path like? Oh, that's a good question. So I think initially I thought in my mind that, okay, I reconnected with God. I reconnected with my source and now everything is going to be rosy. It's kind of like you get to like the top of the mountain and like everything is good and you have this beautiful view and that sort of thing. But I don't think that I realized that a journey is simply that it's a journey. There's lots of hills, there's lots of valleys. And so what I learned over the next several years was while I learned that love was inside of me and that was my source, I still had many, many things to learn that I'm still learning today. I feel that, um, I will, you know, things will be going really good for a while. And then I feel like I get really stuck on certain things. And so then that's an opportunity for me to dive in again and say, okay, what's really going on here? Where is the disconnect? Where am I not leaning on my source? Where am I not allowing my true nature to guide me and lead me? And mm. then realigning. So maybe it's a process of continuous realignment. Oh yeah. That I now I know will happen for the rest of my life. 
but it's different. Le most for the most part, it's different lessons. So that's uh, a good thing. But occasionally, I'll have to relearn some of the same lessons that I've already learned a few years ago. Uh, you just have different experiences to draw upon it at that time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, my my experience, not only mine, but with the you know, I've, I've worked with I don't know thousands of people by now. But the way that the process works is think of a spiral. So the mind, especially if you bring a like a nautilus uh, shell to mind. So when we're little, we live on the outside of that nautilus, it, that nautilus shell. And we weave our, our way into the spiral, but that means as our mind begins to close off to the truth and it begins to be filled with misinformation. It begins to be filled with the religious things that are not in alignment with freedom, they're in alignment with control and fear. So as your mind closes in on itself and it gets smaller, your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You, the truth about God gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And we just begin to really get so, so disconnected from reality, disconnected from truth that we, in essence, collapse into a total and complete dysfunctional um, relationship with our own selves. We don't even know how to trust ourselves. We can't trust other people. We can't trust God. And it leaves us so depleted and so confused. That's where people enter into addictions. We have to find something to numb that misalignment that we have within. So as you're describing the journey, you begin to spiral out. You begin to work your way out of that darkness. You begin to move out further towards the light, which is basically to allow the, a, a lamp to illuminate the path. Um, and as you begin to move further out, further out, further out, you begin to realize that all that happened was that your mind got trained out of alignment with God. Mm -hmm. So your heart began to close off. Mm -hmm. For us to be able to go into that alignment with God, we got to change our thinking and that begins to open the heart which is why this journey is, is a journey. It's a return to love. Like, I don't know if you read Marianne Williamson's book, um, A Return to Love, but everything that Eckhart Tolle is teaching in, in a new earth is that this new earth that we are moving toward, humanity as a collective is coming out of the darkness. We're coming out of those, those tightly wound spirals where our mind has collapsed into stories that are not true. So, so many of us are watching what's happening in the world and going, wait a second, this doesn't make sense um, that the churches, and I'm going to speak in general. Mm -hmm. um, however, many churches have beautiful mystical teachings. Every religion is filled with beautiful teachings. But when humans utilize those teachings to instill fear, mm -hmm. the, the truth gets corrupted. And then, of course, the church's religion gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. But when when we don't understand that this journey is a journey about going out into more of the light, it's not about collapsing our mind into fear, but rather it's to taking us out into how much more of my relationship can I have with God? That's a conscious relationship. That is the awakening, the deliberate knowingness that our relationship with God is never going to end and we're never going to reach the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about thinking everything's going to be rosy. I thought the same thing too. 
I had this beautiful encounter with God in 2007. And I thought, I'm going to grow wings and a halo. And now we're, you know, the path is always going to be a spotlight on where I'm supposed to go and everything's going to be real easy. And then my life began to fall apart. That's when the divorces came in. That's, you know, one divorce and a new relationship and, you know, five, four years, I can't remember, six years later, another divorce. But it was all to remove the, the attachments that I had made that kept me still believing that my connection to God was outside of me. Mm-hmm. So I love hearing that you're saying it, it's a process and, and you keep expanding because I have found that for me, there is absolutely no end to what that relationship can look like because we're talking about an infinite creator infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. So share with me, what are some of the things that you are beginning to discover about God, source, spirit, and actually, it doesn't matter what we call it. The names are human, humans have given it names. We have made God in our image a dysfunctional father, but what God is, no human mind can possibly imagine because it's too vast, it's too grand, it's too magnificent. Our minds cannot hold that for very long. If we knew the truth of God, we wouldn't be here. Um, we, we would have to, like, I uh, was Elijah, return to being a ball of light. But in our human perspective, we can have awarenesses and ideas about God. I know when I had my encounter, it blew my mind, and I've been trying to grow into what that possibly could be. Tell, tell me, your journey in aligning with God, what are some of the things that you have been discovering about God that allow you to feel peaceful, joyful, that, that you know now are true about God for you? Absolutely. Well, uh, something you said a moment ago really struck me. Um, when I was in this particular sect of Christianity, my version of God and who I knew and understood God to be was very very confined to this sort of thing. And as much as we were taught that God is love and God is all around us and that sort of thing, um, it wasn't till I left this cult, if you will, and was able to experience God for myself that I had that like, oh my gosh, like I was putting God like right here into this little tiny little, you know, centimeter here, but God is so much bigger and so much more expansive than I ever gave. Um, I'll use the pronoun him uh, than I ever gave him credit for. The um, the I had been told that God is everywhere. God is in everything. God is within us, and those are things that I had heard, but it was nothing that I ever actually experienced um, prior to this unlearning, if you will. So I started to understand just how big and vast God is. And like you were saying, like as you uncoil and you, you know, get into that vastness and you realize that it's, you know, it doesn't stop. It just keeps going and that you're never going to reach the end of how much we can learn and grow about God. Um, I know that there's not going to, I'm not going to learn everything that there is to learn by the end of my lifetime. I know that. But I am comforted by the fact that God is love. And whatever your definition of God is, um, it is love. And the more I align to that love, the more, I'll use another Christian term, the fruits of the spirit I see within my life. Love, joy, peace, 
um, kindness, non-judgment to other people. Um, so that's been exciting to me is that these things that I had strived for before always seemed out of reach. But what was very exciting to me was finding out that they are completely within grasp and we can still we can live a wonderful and fulfilling life right now, even amidst all the turmoil that's taking place in our our world. Absolutely. I would totally, totally agree with that. You know, I, I had to come also to that place of realizing God is not in a box. God is not in one book. God is not in one building. God is not inside one anything. And so I had to pull myself out of that, that religious teachings that this is where you come to find God. And this is the middle person that helps you have a relationship with God. So I, that, that was very uncomfortable stripping away all of these, these rules and regulations that placed this, the church as an, as a, as an authority about mm -hmm. my relationship with God. Absolutely. And so it took a lot of unwinding of that and a lot of fear. I had to face a lot of fears. Oh my gosh, well, I'm going to get struck down by lightning for saying that mm -hmm. I don't need this, that, or the other. And then I would have that thought and lightning didn't strike me. Mm -hmm. And it was really a, a journey of a lot of courage of facing really terrorizing fears about God. But then what happened is what you said, I came to discover that God was first it gave me um, a new name it told me to call it GESEL G-S-E-L which is an acronym for God is the source of the energy of love and it said to me and you know it gave me this this awareness that the word God is too limiting and it has too much baggage mm -hmm. but what is what it is accurate is that it is the source of everything mm -hmm. and it is pure energy and it is love it is a loving energy that creates for infinity more to love more to to experience and to embrace so the more i began to realize well god is is love mm -hmm. and it permeates everything mm -hmm. about that time which was 2011 i discovered the book of course in miracles mm -hmm. and in discovering a course in miracles it made it really clear that nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists so it takes you through this entire journey to see that love is love is love and it's only the only thing that is real and cannot be threatened so what what can be threatened that is not real was the fears that i have been taught mm -hmm. about god so as i was questioning my mind with about these fears those things were were very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but as I began to question them, they began to dissolve when I no longer agreed to believe them. Mm -hmm. So nothing real could be threatened, which was the love of God is what remained consistent and nothing, nothing real or unreal, nothing real exists, which meant there was absolutely nothing that had I had been taught that had been made up by churches for thousands of years by authorities could stand in the way of my relationship with God if I committed to finding out what what this source mm -hmm. wanted to do through my life. Mm -hmm. Share with me if, if you happen to study any other teachings or any other philosophies that speak of, of, a, of a being like God that was different than what you grew up in that allowed you to realize more of the how that same beingness is called by different names and exists basically everywhere. 
Sure, but something is popping into my mind um, that was super helpful for me in my journey of unlearning the God of the Christianity that I was a part of. I know not everybody has that experience, of course, but um, I was able to read many things by Rob Bell. Are you familiar with Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... For me, reading his work and just like a 15 second um, blurb on Rob Bell was that he was the pastor of a mega church. And then he kind of um, what the church called backslid, like he went back and was like, oh, maybe what I hadn't been taught is what is really um, there. And so he's done a lot of research um, on the actual Bible and the historical things that happened around the time of Christ and then prior in the Old Testament as well. But anyways, I say all that to say that his, his writings were very helpful for me because I had this, again, going back to that tiny little I'm trying to like do it in front of the camera, that little tiny circle of what I considered God. And um, he helped me reframe that in my mind that maybe the perception I had of God wasn't necessarily who God is. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed me to talk about God in terms that I knew through Christianity, but allowed me to consider the fact that maybe God, the God of love, wasn't that God. Um, he wasn't that God the entire time. And uh, I always encourage people that are coming out of like different forms of Christianity, maybe they've been hurt or bruised, that he's a good place to start. Um, like Love Wins, for example, or What is the Bible? Those were super helpful for me. Oh, that is wonderful that you're referring him. I have not really studied his work, but I have certainly watched a couple of his videos and and found them really uh, informative. I had to also do a a bit of research and I dove into uh, different teachers and some of them were theologians who who wrote about the formation of the Catholic Church, mm. offered me dates and, and players, you know, Emperor Constantine and the, the um, so many things that took place uh, at a town called Nicaea, mm-hmm. where the Bible really was, the, the New Testament was put together, was chosen by, by all these bishops that were the Council of Nicaea, brought all these bishops together and all of these, these scholars together basically to construct a a Bible narrative that, or, or a Bible that would give us a narrative about Jesus, about Christianity, that in many ways was designed for the purpose of controlling the masses. Mm. It was more created by an emperor who needed to control people. So it wasn't about you develop a, a, a personal relationship with God, which is why so many of the people that actually knew Jesus are not the ones it wasn't their teachings that were put into the Bible. Those became like the Gnostic Gospels that, that were left out that later on we were found in, you know, in Egypt or, or um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, things like that. So I had to also go through a very rigorous process of unwinding mm-hmm. my understanding of religion. But, but for me, I went further. I then began to study um uh, for example, in Judaism, how, how did they get to the place that they could literally not believe this man, Jesus, that was teaching about love? 
a, a loving God when he was also a Jew. So that took me into Kabbalah. And then I began to study about um, Zoroasterism. And then I went back into Hinduism and I went into Buddhism and I and Sufism. So as I kept going further and further back, I began to realize all of these teachings, the mystical teachings of Christianity, Christianity, they all had at their core this loving, eternal presence. And I'm like, well, if that was around for thousands of years before uh, Christ, how Jesus specifically, how is it that that's not taught in Christianity? So then I started looking at other traditions like uh, Native Americans, the mm -hmm. shamanic traditions of South America. So I went on this incredible quest to find out how do other people look at this God, this source, this spirit. And it became so beautiful. It actually became impersonal to me. And it was when it became impersonal that I realized no one person can have, can claim that they have it, but every single person can have a perception and an experience of it. And what your experience is may very well be very different than mine. So we cannot create a religion based on, um, you know, Cassie's experience or Linus experience. And I realized that's what religion did. They created an experience and then sold us this one experience but this infinite creative source this energy cannot be mm -hmm. personalized because it's in everything mm -hmm. it permeates everything that was so helpful to me so for you rob's work helped you really expand your perception took god out of a book and out of a box and out of a building and blew it out so that we could see how infinite it is absolutely yes well, tell me now, how do you maintain your alignment with this truth that you have now discovered? Oh, for me, I feel like it's a little bit different for each um, person, although there are many things that are similar. So for me to stay aligned, I need to clear my mind and not have so much static going on in my life. I try to maintain a meditation practice, a at least once a day going in and clearing, you know, everything that's in my mind. But, you know, as a busy individual, like we all are, I have three kids, I have a husband, I have a job, I have another job. So um, it's a daily practice of actually aligning every moment that's possible. And not like literally every single moment, but you know what I mean? Like just when you feel that you're straying, like pulling yourself back in. And I'd like to say that for the most part, I do okay, but I constantly have to realign myself every single day, every single week, that sort of thing. So uh, meditation is probably the thing that's helped me the most and um, allowed me the opportunity to create that quiet space within myself that allows me to connect to my source on a regular basis. Uh, the nice thing is um, you could do that anywhere, right? You don't have to. Exactly. You don't have to go to a location once a week. You don't have to do these different things. You don't have to check all these check boxes of things that you have to do to be presentable to God. It's simply just going in and you can do that in a, um, in a moment, which is really lovely. Yes. And, and what you said, you don't have 
to be presentable to God. And so much of traditional religion has taught us what we need to do to be presentable to God, uh, how we have to prostrate ourselves, how we have to mm-hmm. lean, you know, you kneel, you do it this way, that direction, these days, that day, um, and all these rituals. But no, you don't have to be presentable to God. You just have to be present to God Absolutely. is in you. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the practice for me. It's this it has been the same thing. Mm-hmm. Only now it's just so easy. Now I I can feel when I get out of alignment. I feel it in my body. Body doesn't lie. I can tell mm-hmm. if I go tight and tense. I, I went to my head. Now I'm thinking egoic thoughts, human thoughts. Mm-hmm. When I am at ease and at peace, I can feel that my heart is open. I am in that trusting God. I'm trusting guidance. So it's become really simple, but it was quite a lot of practice to come mm-hmm. to the place that I, I got aligned. And now the practice is is just to observe when a thought wants to pull me out. And and I just, all I have to do is, is um, shift my thinking and it lifts my vibration it lifts my my alignment it it re reconnects that pretty quickly so that that's beautiful you've got your practice and and you know some of the simplest places to practice is just in everyday life like you were saying you don't have to go somewhere in the garden i i would do some of my best best moments sometimes where my hands were in the dirt and i was playing in the garden Some of my deepest, most powerful meditations are when I'm dancing. Mm. I can be taking a shower. I can be cooking dinner. I can be vacuuming and it can be a sublime experience of presence. So so I want to make sure people know, like you said, it's different for everybody. But at the end of the day, it can be anywhere. We have to get comfortable that that God is everywhere. Why? Because God is within us. It's that energy that animates us. So we're becoming present to what's already inside of us, not up on a cloud somewhere. Um, how beautiful is that? Now, I know that, um, again, my experience, I share from my experience and from what I've noticed with a lot of people, at some point you come into that place of alignment and either people ask you, how, how is it that you're so happy? I knew you way back when. I know about your story. How are you so happy? Can you help me get to that? What do you recommend I do to, to come to that place that you're in? And for me, that began to open the doors to create a coaching practice. You know, I I call myself an awareness coach. I like to help people become self-aware of what disconnected them so that they can know how to come back into alignment. And it's it's been a a beautiful career um, ever since. What what are you doing to help people come into alignment? Because I know you have also created a are creating a business that way and you're helping people. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about your practice. And I'm going to put up the website that people can um, how they can reach you. So share anything you want to share. Not only how can people reach you? What are you doing? And what are some things that you offer that they might want to take advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple years ago, well, more than a couple years ago, I had people start to come to me. So it wasn't just friends or family that started asking questions or like, oh, what can I do in this situation? Or I've, like you said, you know, they notice something different. So they ask you about it. But I also had people coming to me that I didn't know that were like, hey, my friend said that I could, you know, talk to you about this. I'm going through this right now. What What should I do? So after that happened a few times, I'm like, okay, well, I'm really, really loving this experience of helping people. And it really brings me a, let's say, a feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment that I can be a part of their journey. And how can I do this more? And how can I offer these services in a more structured way? 
so that I carve out the space to be able to um, hold that space for other people, if you will. And so two years ago in 2017, I um, created my coaching practice. Currently, I uh, just take one-on-one -on -one clients for the moment. And I've had people one-on-one -on -one that either just ask for like, hey, I just have this one session where I just really want to talk to you and figure out what my next steps are. Um, and these could be people that have a specific goal or something in mind that they want to reach towards. And so I kind of give them a roadmap or not give them a roadmap. I work with them to develop that themselves. Um, or it could be something as long as a several month long um, coaching relationship. Depends on the need of the person. The kind of people that come to me are typically people that know they want more in life, but they're not exactly sure how to get there. So it's about working with them and kind of doing that little bit of discovery and unlearning. It's a little bit different for each person, but getting back to the core of who we all are and then as we, you know, work towards certain goals, making sure that they're continuously aligned with who you are, because that's how you're going to get the most satisfaction and fulfillment when you're doing um, things from a place of alignment. So I help people with that. Um, I've also had group coaching programs where I have helped a group of individuals. I don't have any of those open at the moment, but I have some coming up um, next year. And I also host uh, vision board classes and happiness workshops and stuff like that. So um, go to my website. You can get on my mailing list. Um, or you can find me on Facebook. There's only one Cassie Parlato in the entire world. Probably, <laughs> probably for the best. Uh, so I'm super easy to find. And um, I you know, share my own stories a lot. On my blog, you'll see a lot of my stories, snippets of it over the past several years. Um, so even if you're not looking for like a coaching relationship, that's totally okay. I'm happy to be part of your community, if you will. That's beautiful. So on your website, people can get um, more ideas about how you've traveled this journey. And to me, you know, when I write my blogs, that is, it is to help people have mm -hmm. other ways of looking at things because sometimes just reading um, something can be as helpful for many people as as a as a uh, as a coaching session might be mm -hmm. because it gives you just a little something but for the audience that is going to be listening to this via a podcast let me spell the website Cassie Parlato C A S S I E P A R L O T T O.com cassieparlato.com um, so this has just been wonderful. So let's give you an opportunity to share one tidbit of wisdom that you would love for our audience to, to take away, especially at this time of year, since we're moving towards, I mean, we're just a couple days from Christmas, um, moving towards the, this time when we're celebrating it, you know, the Christian birth of this, this being called Jesus who came to teach us that God is love what would be something that you would love to leave people with as, as your Christmas gift to them? Uh, absolutely. So I tend, I am very much a goal oriented person. That's just how I'm wired. I'm type A. I like to like, like the process of new year's resolutions and setting them and that sort of thing. And over the years, my process of setting goals has changed and evolved. It's kind of a little bit different every single year. But what has been on my mind this year that I would love to share with you is that 
what we tend to do is, again, we box ourselves, kind of like we were talking about boxing, you know, God inside the box of Christianity. We box ourselves into goals by saying, I want to lose 20 pounds. You know, it's a goal that we can all resonate with at one point or another in our life. Uh, but really what ends up happening if you do happen to reach that goal is that if you don't really understand what the why is behind why you want to lose that, is it because you want to feel beautiful? Is it because you want to feel sexy? Is it because you want to feel confident? If you don't build your goals around the feeling you want to have, you could spend a lot of time uh, reaching towards a goal that's not going to fulfill you. So what I'm doing this year is I'm trying to set my goals around how do I want to feel in my life? I want to feel that connection with the world and the people around me. And so instead of saying, well, you have to, you know, go to this meeting every single week to feel connection. Well, there's a million ways you can feel connection and you can feel that every single day. It's not something you have to work towards that you obtain four months down the road. I can reach my goal every single day. I can feel connected. I can, um, feel successful i can feel accomplished and so just look for what 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 are you trying to feel what are you trying to get out of your goals and then um that gives god the universe a little bit more to work with than i want to lose 20 pounds because that's very binary yeah that is that's a great great example um one of the things that i have come to to realize one of my truths is that God created us to feel good. Mm -hmm. We were created to be expressions of love. And when we're in alignment with that love, we are designed to feel good for mm -hmm. life to be fun and to unfold with ease. So I'm so glad that you are bringing the, the feeling good part into mm -hmm. the goal setting because for a lot of people that are goal setters, that is so important. And uh, thank you to Elizabeth Aaron for letting us know that um, she agrees with this with all these cute little hearts that she has posted here for us. But it is absolutely necessary for us to get to the place that we realize that feeling good is just as as, as important um, as, as anything because God is good. And that's why it's spelled God. They We just didn't put the two O's in there, but God good is all the same thing. So thank you so much. Um, Cassie, for sharing your time with me and sharing your story. And I know it's going to inspire somebody. I know these these calls always do. Um, the happiest of holidays to you. May, may all your wishes come true because you deserve them. You're a magnificent child of the creator. And uh, I am so grateful that you were with us today. And one thing that I want to say is if you want to know a little bit more about how I see this journey that takes us from conception to enlightenment, how do we, how are we born these children as as Cassie was with the knowingness of, of the creator within us how do we um, how do we learn um, to forget that and then what the process is to unlearn all of those things that block us from knowing our truth basically how do we get into that spiral how do we get out of that and I offer that on my website um, at lineorlando.com and and what it is is a is a free online course called the soul's journey go and get that it's free and it will give you an incredible understanding of what this journey is about so that you can see exactly where it is that we do need assistance from others like cassie help us create goals and create ideas um strategies to help us reconnect with the truth of who we are 
Plus, it's a lot easier to do this journey in community and with others who are like-minded. So check out her side, check out my side. And as and the one thing I want you to remember is that you were created for goodness. You were created magnificent, whole and complete. Your work is to realign with that and your life will really change. You got to do the work, but your life will become a joyful experience. So Cassie, you're an example of that. Thank you so much. Yes. And um, happy holidays to you and yes. goodbye to everybody.